Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Everybody, welcome to episode 36 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with my co-hosts, Bob Seska and Justin Rosario. Good morning, guys. Good morning. (laughs) <laughs> that's very perky that was very uh, peppy peppy it's good, good morning news. It's, it's one of those rare good news weeks we have this is i know like amazing um while prepping for the podcast i really I, that's that's what i realized that this is one of the first times we actually have some really good news uh so we are going to be talking about today this whopping climate deal that um is basically uh, it's a done deal it's a huge 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 package on the climate and on 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 um inflation uh but I, it's really not um it sort of is but it's mostly it, it's fantastic for the for the economy for the environment uh we're going to be talking about that about how joe manchin finally came on board um and how mitch mcconnell got completely blindsided in the senate and he had a bit of a taste of his own medicine ha 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 we're going to be talking about how the gop are screwing veterans uh, in, in a very very shocking way uh, this is one of the most disgusting things. Of, well, not the most disgusting thing. We've seen a lot. Really? This that is, shocked this you? Is, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Then we're going into our both sides segment where we're going to be talking about Tucker Carlson and schlongs. Um, and then we have... Wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah, okay. This is, well, not in a good way. Um, it's pretty bad. Okay, so we have our, our members only segment where I'm going to be detailing <laughs> one of you said the... Members. Mem- <laughs> in the members only podcast i'm going to be recounting to you guys my ordeal for getting my eight month old son a passport yeah and this is it, an insane story it's one of the craziest most humiliating degrading things that's ever happened to us um like insane and it just sort of anyway i'll get yeah it's there's a lot of issues with the US at the moment, and getting a passport is one of them. Uh, and I had the most ridiculous uh, journey to get him a, a passport that was I'm still recovering from. I'm still, we're still feeling completely shattered by our journey. So anyway, I'll be going into that in the member section. Um, yeah, <laughs> not fun. But um, look, guys, we have a uh, let's get to the good news, right? Yes. Really good news. Really, really, really good news. So. This week, shockingly, I, it, it, it came by surprise, right? Com- completely by surprise. So, <laughs> I think is, that was the point. <laughs> yeah, the climate, exactly. The climate and taxes, this is from the New York Times, the climate and tax deal announced by, the Sen- by Senate Democrats on Wednesday would pump hundreds of billions of dollars into programs designed to speed the country's trans- transition away from an economy based largely on fossil fuels and towards cleaner energy. The legislation called the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 is a far cry from the ambitious multi-trillion dollar domestic policy and tax proposal that President Biden sought and the Democrats in Congress spent more than a year laboring to pass. 
What remains is a downsized but still significant package, born of compromise between Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, uh, the third of West Virginia, and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York. So this is huge, right? I'm going to just give a brief overview of what's in this bill, right? It wasn't what exactly what the Democrats wanted, right? Joe Manchin has done a, Joe Manchin has whittled this down um, immensely, but it is still good, right? So there are tax credits for zero carbon power plants. Um, The deal would provide billions of dollars in tax credits over 10 years for companies that build new sources of emission-free electricity, things like wind turbines and solar panels and battery storage. Uh, They also have um, incentives for electric vehicles. This is big, actually, right? The deal extends the popular consumer tax credit of up to 7,500 for the purchase of new electric vehicles and offers for the first time a credit of $4,000 for used electric vehicles. Right, that's huge. Ooh, I bought an electric nice. car. I bought an electric car a couple of years ago. I would have liked that four grand. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought it was a used it was a used Nissan Leaf. Great car. I had to sell it um, recently, but I could have done with that four grand. That would have been nice. Mm-hmm. So um, it's quite equitable as well. The way that this car credit is 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 is, is um, the way that that's being designed is pretty good. Uh, only people who make 150,000 a year or less or 300,000 for joint filers are eligible for the new car credit and those who earn a maximum of 75,000 for used cars. That's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So help for people to lower energy costs. The bill aims to lower energy costs by investing $9 billion in rebates for Americans buying and retrofitting their homes with energy efficient and electric appliances. Investment in domestic manufacturing. The $60 billion for clean energy manufacturing in the U.S., $30 billion in production tax credits for solar panels, wind turbines, batteries, and critical minerals processing, and $10 billion in investment tax credits to build manufacturing facilities that make electric vehicles and renewable energy technologies. Nice. Right, They're going to crack down on methane. The bill would impose a fuel and excess methane leaking from oil and gas wells, pipelines, and other infrastructures. Uh, they also have investment in low-income communities. I thought this was really good. The bill would invest over $60 billion to support low-income communities and communities of color that are disproportionately burdened by the environment and public health effects of climate change. Um, So what this will include is grants for zero-emission technology and vehicles and money to mitigate the negative effects of highways, bus depots, and other transportation facilities. That's great. Like, you know, That's one of the fantastic. things. Yeah, it's really good. One of the things you see a lot of people and low income people are live in areas that are just, you know, like right like right by a highway. The pollution is awful. Um agriculture and forests, an additional twenty billion dollars would be set aside for programs to cut emissions from that come from cows and other livestock, as well as from agriculture, soil and rice production. Right, this is this is this is fantastic, right? Like, yeah, it's historic. There's yeah. never been this investment in, uh, you know, climate, and it's about fucking time. Uh, it, I mean, what a good time to pass something like this. And and knock on wood, it hasn't passed yet. We still have to cross a couple of hurdles. There's still uh, Kristen, uh, Kirsten Cinema, and uh, yeah, the I'm parliamentarian. Sure campaign's getting a whole lot of donations all of a sudden. Yeah, and I can't imagine that Schumer and Manchin would cut a deal like this and not have a Kirsten Cinema or a sense from the parliamentarian on, in terms of where they might land on it. Uh, and if Kirsten Cinema kills this somehow, she is going to, and she was almost the most hated Democrat in Congress. But this, if she kills this, 
then she would be the most hated Democrat in Congress. Uh, yes, because I, it's not just it's not just this uh, climate investment, which is gigantic. We're talking about a forty percent reduction in carbon emissions over the next eight years. And it says, I, I love yeah. the the uh, the fact sheet on it said twenty thirty which makes it sound like it's in the distant future, like you're going to need a time-traveling DeLorean to get to 2030. But it's only yeah, eight years only away. Eight years. So, yeah, it's a very short period of time. So this is a, a huge investment and a huge turnaround. And, you know, a 40% reduction, you may think, well, it's just 40%. Well, actually, 40% is a lot. Yeah. That's a, a, a huge move, especially for a nation like the United States, which is still addicted to oil. See also all of this screaming over gas prices for the last uh, couple of months where, you know, back in the day, people would say, well, yeah, gas prices are high. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to carpool or I'm going to buy a more fuel efficient, smaller car. That's what people used to do, you know, <laughs> but now it's just like, Arr! so it's a great time to, uh, to get this sort of thing passed. Plus yeah. all of the other amazing things in it. I mean, not to get out ahead of the conversation, because I'm sure you guys have a lot more to add. But one thing I wanted to note was this 15% corporate minimum tax, mm. which means no more like Amazon, Google, Microsoft. No, no more of those guys getting away with paying 0% tax. They're going to have to pay a 15% minimum uh, on profits over a billion dollars. So that's yeah, and, a big deal. And I think that that, that, that is a big deal, right? Because... You know the tax loophole stuff that these a lot of these corporations get away with. Th th these are some of the reasons why, like you know, uh, the lack of tax revenue. It's not necessarily the tax rate, right? It's not necessarily how much these corporations, um, what the actual rate is. It's whether they pay it or not, right? And 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 so you know you can lower the tax rate and generate more revenue if you enforce the if you actually enforce the tax code if you say okay look you there are we, we close the loopholes right um and obviously republicans are that you know they don't give a shit about that they're not interested in that at all they want as many loopholes as possible uh, right. for their for their corporate clients but if you close the loopholes then that's a whole lot of revenue coming in that's a whole lot of revenue um which means reinvestment, which means that you can do a lot of these things that we haven't been able to do before. Uh, and and you can also say it's politically, it's a smart thing to do because you can say to the American public, look, we're not raising taxes. We're just enforcing tax code. We're just enforcing, we're making them pay their fair share. We're making them pay what you pay, right? So I, I feel like, the, but this whole bill is clever. It, 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 even in the way that they, what they, they called it, right? They called it the, um, it, it, I mean, it's a climate tax, basically, right? It's a climate tax deal, but they didn't, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. Thanks, Joe Manchin. Right? <laughs> Joe Manchin, by the way, if you're going to blame someone for the branding of this, it's Joe Manchin. But great. I mean, good. Good. Because yeah. that's how he gets, that's how it gets sold, right? That's right, how he gets right. sold. I mean, it isn't. Who knows whether it will reduce inflation? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. But it's sort of like the it's like the inverse of the Clean Skies Act. Do you remember the under Bush, um, where they passed legislation to allow people to um, pollute the environment more, to pollute the air, and they called it the Clean Air Act. Well, part um, of this, part of the negotiation was Joe Manchin asking all around every economist he could get on the phone whether this legislation would worsen inflation. 
Like I think at one point recently he spoke to Larry Summers. I think that was one of the last people he talked to. Uh, and Larry Summers concluded that, no, this legislation is not going to worsen inflation. So that's an important factor in all of this. I think that's one of the concerns that at least publicly Joe Manchin had about Build Back Better is this mm. myth that all of this government spending is is causing out of control inflation, which is ridiculous. And yeah. it, it's good. It's good. It's good politics for uh, Democrats because Republicans are going to be screaming their heads off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it raises taxes on companies that everybody hates. Oh yeah, so, and hedge fund like, managers. How do you sell that? <laughs> yeah, private equity and hedge fund. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, private equity and hedge fund guys are going to have to pay a whole lot more in taxes for their carried interest profits. Mm. Plus, the IRS. There's 124 billion dollars in this legislation to beef up IRS tax inform enforcement, and so that's bad news for tax cheats. Yeah, exactly. That's like the easiest messaging in the universe. It's like, oh, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. make we're gonna make rich tax sheets pay more. Go ahead, Republicans, oppose right. that. Go ahead, yeah. go on Fox News and say how that's terrible for America. Good Which they will. Man. Which they will, of course. But but what, look, one of the things I, I I also greatly enjoyed about this this uh, the pausing of this this historic bill was how they did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know about yeah. this one until you said it. I was just like, ah, <laughs> I just laughed. It was so this is great. <laughs> So this is this is from the Daily Beast. The Daily Beast did some good reporting on this. Okay, so um, this was written by Sam Brody, who's a congressional reporter in Congress, and he reported on how this whole deal went down and how the the GOP basically got blindsided by this. How Mitch McConnell got played. Um, so I'll, I'll read the, I'll read the, the the bit so you, you get the context right. So. He writes, for years, Democrats have watched Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell deploy ultra-partisan legislative tactics to outmaneuver them on everything from fiscal cliff negotiations to filling a Supreme Court seat. But this week, Senate Republicans may have gotten a taste of their own medicine, and it didn't go down smoothly. On Wednesday, McConnell and 13 Republicans joined joined with all Democrats to pass a sweeping bill investing in U.S. high-tech manufacturing, a major bipartisan win. Barely an hour later, after more than a year of halting negotiations, Joe Manchin announced he had reached an agreement with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on a package of climate investments, tax hikes for the rich, and prescription drug reforms. McConnell said in June that Republicans would hold the manufacturing bill hostage if Democrats move forward with their broader bill, which would pass through a party-line vote process called reconciliation. After that, Manchin threw cold water on the idea of passing a sweeping bill and Republicans expected Democrats to pursue a pared-down package only containing drug pricing reforms. Clearly, Manchin never left the table and Republicans, along with the rest of the world, found out when the senator released a statement announcing his support for a party-line bill minutes after the GOP relinquished its leverage. That's just brutal. Funny as fuck and brutal. (laughs) And they had it coming, because screw them. They're a bunch of liars anyway, so fuck them. I mean, amazing, right? It, it, but I also, look, there's a sort of a broader question here, right? It, is this a sign that maybe McConnell, like, I haven't seen McConnell get sort of caught with his pants down like this. Um, I mean, this this was like, this is like a rookie mistake here, right? That That McConnell didn't see this coming. Um, so yeah. we didn't have right. He didn't see this coming, um, 
or, or didn't have enough, you know, didn't have spies on the ground to tell him that that Schumer and and uh, Manchin were negotiating, right? Like it's his job to know what's going on, and he didn't know. He had no idea what was happening, and got caught. Is this sign that he's losing his touch? Do you think? I wouldn't go that far, but it's always possible for a guy like Mitch McConnell to get played. You just have to have the right strategy, and I think they just landed on the right strategy, where it was a confluence of of these two pieces of legislation, the CHIPS bill, and then this revised Build Back Better. And the way the timing all worked out was a perfect setup for this plot, (laughs) which Mm. is just a chef's kiss kind of moment, for sure. Um, and the other thing I wanted to add just in terms of timing real quick is that have you noticed that it seems like the Democrats have a better sense of how to, I don't know what you would call it, front load a lot of these successes as close to the midterm election as possible. Like there was a, a big gap where not a lot of shit was getting done for like the first five months of this year or so, and maybe six months, whatever you want to call it. And we were concerned about that. Obviously, we were all screaming, like, what are the Democrats doing? And at the same time, though, um, I've always found that the Democrats tend to get successes too early in the two-year cycle or the Mm. four-year cycle, depending on what we're talking about. And so a lot of shit happens long before people uh, will have to remember it at the ballot box. So this time around, though, we've got a whole lot of things happening all at once within a few months of the November election. So people are going to start early voting. People are going to start absentee voting over the next month or so. And in the midst of that, you're going to have, knock on wood, this uh, Inflation Reduction Act getting passed. You're going to have, you know, uh, grand jury investigations, plural, into Donald Trump and his henchmen. And uh, you're going to have one six committee hearings the second season. Uh, occurring in September, October. So that's some pretty good timing, I would say. It doesn't make us feel better when nothing is happening earlier in the year, but you got to remember the politics of this and making sure that people retain these successes as they're going through their ballot and voting, hopefully, for Democrats. So this is all crucial timing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was very good timing. I mean, I couldn't be happier. Like, again, I usually like every time we do a podcast, it's like, oh Christ, what happened this week? <laughs> you know, yeah, and and, yeah. and it does. See, it, it has seemed, at least in recent times, that the Democrats are just getting hammered by the news cycle. Right, they're just getting absolutely battered. Uh, but this is a sort of come from behind knockout, almost. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, or at least a, a, a very serious knockdown. You know, the Republicans are on the back foot. And this is what needs to happen going forward, right? I mean, again, I'm always complaining about Democrats bringing mean tweets to a gunfight. Um, but this was an example of them bringing a gun to a gunfight. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Good. I Good. guess we're going to start hearing a whole lot more about Hunter Biden's laptop in the next week or so. Oh, God, yeah. Here we go. Anyway. And remember, yeah. there is no laptop. There is no <laughs> laptop. They cannot produce a laptop. There is no fucking laptop. There is no, like hard evidence there there's i think a hard drive mm. but there's no and copies of the hard drive but there is no fucking lap. every time i see one of these republicans especially like jim jordan who never shuts the fuck up about it every time i hear him uh tweet or see him tweet that oh hunter biden's laptop blah 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 there is no laptop there's no Just laptop. Throw that in. yeah does Good. there have to be though i mean yeah, there no. doesn't have to does be, have to be talking about it at this yeah. point it, it doesn't well, the matter thing is, though if we're talking about someone's property 
how can you I mean, I can understand connecting a laptop to Hunter Biden, but a hard drive with files on there. How the fuck did the files get on there? I mean, this could be a, a big time rat fuck. And I haven't ruled that possibility out. That they're just- yeah, but at this point, they could literally have a video of Vladimir Putin personally <laughs> handing the hard drive over to yeah. Rush Limbaugh's corpse <laughs> and then having him give it to Alex Jones and passing it on to Rudy Giuliani. And you know what? They would still say, fake news, where's Hunter Biden's laptop? That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. That's, That's a it. Image. It is now gospel as far as they're concerned. Hunter Biden's laptop contains proof that Hillary Clinton killed Seth Rich. That's it. I mean, come on. God, oh God, just you're giving me a, you're giving me a, a, you're making me laugh and giving me anxiety at the same time, Justin. Um, it's what you paid me for. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, on to worse news this week. Uh, so this was this was this was actually really terrible, right? And not you know not surprising, but still sh- shocking, but not surprising, right? Is the GOP senators block bill expanding care for veterans exposed to toxins this was in the the hill.com republican lawmakers block passage of a bill in the u.s senate wednesday that expands healthcare coverage for military veterans who are exposed to toxins and burn pits during their service all democrats and eight republicans voted for the sergeant one sergeant first class health robinson honoring our pact act Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, but the 55 yes votes fell short of the 60 needed to end a filibuster in the Senate. Jesus. Three senators did not vote. The PACT Act, which the House passed earlier this month, would enable additional health care coverage for more than 3 million veterans who were exposed to toxic burn pits in Vietnam-era veterans exposed to the deadly herbicide Agent Orange. Senator Pat Toomey... Uh, Republicans said on the Senate floor that he didn't support the bill because it would create $400 billion in unrelated spending, which he called a budgetary gimmick. My concern about this bill has nothing to do with the purpose of the bill. Toomey said this budgetary gimmick is so unrelated to the actual veterans issue that it has to do with burn pits that it's not even in the House version of this bill. Um, I'm going to just, before we talk about this, I'm going to play um, a, a clip from, this is John Stewart, Going on, I don't know, he went on Newsmax and destroyed all of their talking points brutally. So I want you to listen to this. Um, I'm going to play this right now so you can hear him completely dismantle all of the GOP talking points. Um, but I, I did want to point out, just to push back a little bit on this. So the Republicans, when you, you say what you said, they do not support veterans. Uh, the Republicans push back saying there is unrelated spending uh, within this. Uh, it's not. It's just not true. What they're saying is they don't like that it's mandatory as opposed to discretionary. There isn't unrelated spending to it. They're saying there could be if there wasn't oversight. But that's what the Senate's job is. The bill itself is incredibly detailed and prescriptive about what it's for. It's about treating and preventing the uh, different conditions that veterans are coming home with, including cancers and chronic bronchiolitis and all these other issues from their exposures in Iraq and Afghanistan. And to push back on what they're saying, they're saying, what if this creates a slush fund, right? So are you familiar with something called the OCO, the Overseas Contingency Operations Fund? Fairly, yes. So every year... 50 billion, 60 billion, 70 billion dollars is added to what's called the OCO on top of the 600 billion, 700 billion, 800 billion 
that goes to the Defense Department. That OCO fund is actually a slush fund, 60 to $70 billion every year, no oversight, no guardrails. And every one of those Republicans that voted against health care for veterans voted for the slush fund for the war. They don't support the troops. They support the war machine. And that's got to stop. The value in the U.S. military isn't in the toys. It's not in the hardware. It's not in the tanks. It's in the men and women. And until they start supporting them in the manner that they purport to online, yep. they are hypocrites. It, it is. So, yeah, I think that was a an absolutely brutal rebuttal of GOP talking points, right, from John Stewart. The fact that all the Republicans... Um, all the Republicans who, vote, who voted for the slush fund for the war in the first place didn't then said that we were opposed to slush fund, you know, supposed slush funds in this new bill, which just isn't. It's just not true. Disgusting. Yeah, and, and like we, like I said before, we started the show. These are the same people when um, uh, Trump's Treasury Secretary, the the historically corrupt Steve Mnuchin, gave himself a a $500 billion slush fund with COVID funds. All these same Republicans were perfectly fine with it and did everything possible to make sure no one could keep tabs on what he was doing. They blocked any efforts to police that slush fund. They went out of their way to make sure that no one could check on what he was doing. And I don't know, we still don't know what happened with all of that money. It, a lot of it just poofed into thin air and you know it went to friends of trump and friends of steve mnuchin so clearly republicans don't really mind slush funds they're okay with that as long as it goes to the right people mm. so they're full of crap right and, and and it's this idea that that um that the military people are they're just expendable they're props like as as Stuart was alluding to they're just props mm -hmm. Yep. You know, they're not there for they don't actually care about them. They vote for the war because, uh, you know, it's probably because they're being paid by, you know, the arms industry. Um, it's good for the arms industry. So the the GOP are all for that because um, they're getting huge payoffs from, um, you know, uh, all of these huge, you know, the military industrial complex, not to get too conspiratorial. But as soon as it comes to looking after veterans, they're like, no, nowhere to be found. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We're not. Yeah can't do that yeah um i mean you guys remember the early, you guys remember the early 2000s after 9 11 where the republican party had basically branded the concept of support the troops or else mm. and uh yeah, toxic yeah, patriotism yeah absolutely that's a great way to describe it and uh there's that i mean you can't help but to remember that period of time where the republican party basically branded american patriotism and their support for the troops with the yellow ribbons and all the rest of it. And uh, the other thing that happened in 2004 was John Kerry ran for president against George W. Bush and was accused of being a flip-flopper. And why was he a, accused of being a flip-flopper? Well, first of all, Jim Kerry, Jim Kerry, John Kerry, <laughs> that would be weird if Jim Kerry ran for president. Uh, Jim, uh, John Kerry, um, was a war hero served in mm. vietnam unlike george Purple w bush heart, right was wounded in vietnam yep. yeah and they relentlessly attacked him for being uh you know uh, unpatriotic and all the rest of it the usual shit so attacking the troops and then they going back to the flip-flopper thing 
they zeroed in on this video of John Kerry saying he was before he was for this legislation that was on the table before he was against the legislation. And the explanation is that the legislation uh, went through some changes. So he was initially in favor of the bill. It was a spending bill. I think it was $83 billion or something like that. And then it went through a bunch of changes. Some shit was added on to it. And then he was unhappy with that extra shit that was added. So then he was opposed to the legislation. So he's before he was for it before he was against it. And they called him a flip-flopper because of this. Well, with this PACT Act, the Republicans voted for this legislation. It originally passed, I think, 84 to 14 or something like that. It was uh, a near unanimous vote in the Senate. So the Republicans were for this legislation before they were against the legislation. So I guess what happened was when the Senate passed it, it went to the House. The House added a couple of things, and now the Senate is using that as an excuse, the Senate Republicans, as an excuse to oppose the bill. Also because, right, because Mitch any bills they pass is considered a victory for Biden, and we can't have that. Yeah, you yeah. can't have that, even if it screws the veterans. Yeah, of course. Horrific. Um, well, look, speaking of um, Republican fuckery, uh, let's move on to our both sides segment this week. Um, I've got a good one. I've got a sad one. Um, uh, Justin, what's your who's your pick this week? Oh, I have a real piece of shit this week, and it's been... It's been really digging into my skin all fucking week. Um, so I was listening to Rachel Maddow, and uh, now I, you, I you knew... commie bastard. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a filthy commie bastard. You have no idea. But um, now I knew I knew this guy's name. I knew of him, but I hadn't really been paying attention to him re- recently. This is a uh, Gab CE. Now Gab is the um, another version of Twitter. If I if I recall correctly, it's basically. Twitter for Nazis. And um, he's the CEO. His name's Andrew Torba. And he is quite a character. Um, And he's been over there and he's been giving a safe haven for neo-Nazis and all all sorts of horrible white nationalist people. But unsurprisingly, he's also a Christian nationalist, which has been quite a bugaboo of mine for quite some time if people have been reading my articles. and he's been hired by Doug Mastriano's uh, um, campaign as a consultant. Basically, they're paying him to get views on Gab and followers on Gab. Um, so basically, Doug Mastriano's appealing directly to neo-Nazis. But he's been out there, Mr. Mr. Torba, going on and on and on about how Jews are this and Jews are that and how this is a Christian nationalist country and oh boy, you Jews, you have you have no idea what's going on. You don't know what's coming for you. But the thing that caught my attention, which basically made my head explode, is in one of his more recent rants. Um, he went on uh, about how Jews and other non-believers are not welcome in his America. Now uh, he said, specific. This is exa- he said explicitly that. They don't want to, he doesn't want to put, uh, he doesn't want to deport them and he doesn't want to forcibly convert them because that's not Christian, but they are going to have to live in a Christian nationalist country under Christian law. And they're just going to have to deal with that. You're welcome. Now that's bullshit because 
it's very much in the Bible that you either have to kill or convert people who don't follow the um, Christianity, right? Christian identities can be quite violent, and they always find some way to use it that way. And these particular people, Christian nationalists, do not tolerate people of other faiths. That's kind of their whole thing, is if you're not one of us, you're an enemy, and we will get rid of you one way or the other. You will either listen to us or you will be gone. And then he goes on to say, we want to um, disciple all nations, not just America. We're going to take dominion over this entire planet. They're very, very clear about what they want to do and who they want to do it to. Right. They're never going to. I mean, this is this is a strict. This is a very white nationalist, Christian nationalist. Christian dominionism is a very violent um, belief system and it will not stop at the borders, which is something else I've been trying to convince people to say, oh, I'll just move to Canada. It's like Canada is not going to be safe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Once they're done here, they're going to go straight to Canada. That's the next stop on their uh, on their world tour. World tour. Jeez. And this oh is God. this is who these people are. And Doug Mastriano is um, the the uh, Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania. This is not some like little fringe guy, like nobody in the middle of nowhere. He's this is like, uh, you know, this is like a big time candidate for Republicans. And this is who they are. And they're very open and clear about it. And there's nothing even remotely like that on the left. Nope. Nope, not at all. Um, well, yeah, that's horrific. My my um, my candidate for both sides is just the same this week is our uh, delightful friend Tucker Carlson. So um, Tucker Carlson did a Twitter poll for his followers of uh, white nationalists, um, of course, and he he said, "What should we rename monkeypox?" Right, and the oh the, Jesus. The options were Hunter Hives, Midterm Variant, Adam Schiffelis, and Schlong COVID. Right? So, in yeah, in first place came Schlong, Schlong COVID. So, um, Carlson announced the results of his Twitter poll um, on his show saying um, that the winner was Schlong COVID. But... So yeah, Schlong COVID came first, and then it was Adam Schifferlist, and then it was Midterm Variant, and then it was Hunter Hives. I, I want to. So first of all, right, this is like this is a serious disease. Like monkeypox is serious, and it's it's affecting the gay community, particularly gay men, um, which is not funny. Like it's just not funny. I don't really like it's. You know, obviously Tucker Carlson is playing to the, all the conspiracy theories about. Um, about COVID midterm variant, right? That was one of the ones where he's alluding to the fact that this is a manufactured, uh, a, a manufactured pandemic, just like the last one was. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter Hives, Hunter Biden. Obviously, there's a, there's a reference to Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, who is actually who was Tucker Carlson's friend, right? This shows you what an absolute dickhead and like just an all round horrendous human being Tucker Carlson is. That his that was his former friend. There must have been he, a virus on the laptop. Yeah, he, that, that's he, where it came from. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 mocking his friend, and then Schlong COVID. Obviously, this is um, a homophobic uh, sort of uh, reference, you know, to the people who are getting monkeypox. 
it's just all round horrendous person. What a terrible, terrible, terrible person. And he's enjoying it. He's very gleeful about this because it's because it's upsetting um, anybody with a with a human heart. Um, but yeah, that's my pick for both sides. Is just the same. Do you see any of that kind of sociopathic behaviour on the left? No, no, not really. I don't oh yeah, think all so. the time. Yeah, all the time. Um, anyway, there we go. Tucker Carlson. Um, Bob, who's your pick this week? Okay, we all know the context of Republicans worshiping the fetus. The fetus has more rights than women, etc. And, uh, of course, the saying is, life begins at conception and ends at birth. So that brings us to Ken Paxton, the Attorney General of uh, the state of Texas, and 20 other Republican-led states are suing the USDA over its anti-discrimination policies. But there's more details than just that. They're suing the USDA over a rule from the agency that prohibits discrimination against LGBTQ students in the free school lunch programs. The AGs argue schools have the right to deny queer and trans kids lunch money. We're talking about feeding children. Jesus Christ. And schools, uh, administrators, lunch ladies should be allowed to deny anyone who identifies, any kid who identifies as queer or trans, they should be able to deny them lunch. This is next level fucking madness. These people are utterly brazen. They don't care about children. They don't care about anyone but their own reelection chances. This is a posturing. I don't think this is ever going to actually succeed. Uh, although with this Supreme Court, you never know. You never know. Wait, it's, what's, it's, the, yeah. what's, what's the legal theory there? What? On religious conscience, something or another? It's like, I'm sorry, I can't give you food because I, you're gay, so you should go hungry. Yeah, you're a yeah. kid. Yeah. Bear in mind, a lot of these things are, in fact, posturing for a re-election. Ron DeSantis, for example, just introduced this uh, anti-woke legislation in Florida that's never going to fucking pass. You can't make people who run their own private corporations or publicly traded corporations, etc. You can't tell them what they can and can't do as policy inside their own corporations. And Ron DeSantis says, oh, yeah, you can. And this is going to easily get struck down on First Amendment grounds. But it doesn't matter to Ron DeSantis because then he can tell his uh, his drooling fanboys that, oh, look what I did. Look how I stuck it to the wokers. I just I really nailed the wokers with this legislation, didn't I? And the liberal courts, the activist judges foiled our plan. So if it fails in the courts, he can blame someone else. It's the same shit. Ken Paxton, all these other uh, state AGs are just looking for, you know, opportunities to fluff their red hat base. And that's what this yeah, is all about. That's a temporary if, though, because honestly, give it another 10, 15 years and the courts will be like, oh, yeah, of course you can do that. You're oh, yeah, a Republican. yeah, yeah, yeah. If they keep stacking the courts, if they keep uh, if we keep allowing them to elect Republican presidents who appoint these judges then obviously it's going to get worse and worse and worse for anyone who's not white cis man. <laughs> you know what I mean? God. So that's that. That's uh, They want to deny food to children, children because the children identify as LGBTQ. 
that's amazing. Yep. Wow. That's wow. a real thing. Yep. Jeez. Um, that was uh, well, from I'm, NBC I'm, News in Dallas-Fort Worth. On that delightful note, uh, <laughs> we could that's that's terrible um so again everybody this is what we're up against this is what we're up against like i know i don't want to sound conspiratorial or anything like that about you know the other side is so evil that they're coming for you and your kids and they are like they literally are they literally are they literally are they're telling us what they're doing um so yeah there was marjorie taylor green ranting on about she's now basically saying we need to be a christian nationalist country she's just she's just saying it on twitter now like i it's out in the open they're telling you what they want and what they're going to do so listen um that is our show for today uh we appreciate everybody listening we're going to go into the members section where i'm going to recount a horror story of u.s transport and u.s um bureaucracy and getting my eight months son a passport which led to uh yeah a last minute flight to boston um in one it was a sort of like you probably could have made like a movie about how like <laughs> about how this went down uh absolutely horrendous i'm still you know, my wife and I are still absolutely shattered from from what we had to go through this week and for the past three weeks. It's been three weeks of torture, of like unimaginable hell. Um, so, if you want to listen to a uh, <laughs> to to a true horror story about what can go wrong when you're trying to travel outside of the country, join us in the members only section. You get a free trial. Uh, so just hop hop in and uh, you can listen to it all. And thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Later. Adios.